Welcome to Offscreen. Let's get cinematic on your couch. I'm Bex Perfect. I'm Van Connor. So let's uh, let's get cinematic, you say. On the couch. Boom. Wow, what could possibly go wrong? Um, so we've got uh, no cinemas. I mean, there are they are open. They're just not populated with new releases, really, as such, are they? Or people. Or people. But we've got one or two that are sort of sneaking out. We're getting one or two sort of stealth releases into cinemas. I know we had Unhinged last week. Yeah. Uh, with, little, uh, with Russell Crowe. I got a little note to say it's now the number one in the UK box office. Um, what what did I tell you? What did I tell you? That's the reason. That's the reason to release a film right now. You are guaranteed that number one slot. So Unhinged, when it winds up on like VOD in a fortnight, you know, when it winds up on like Sky Cinema by the beginning of September, they can generally claim it was the US uh, it was the it was the UK box office number one yeah and it'll yeah. sell it for Why not? it's very clever yes Ooh, indeed indeed but there are still other great movies out there as well if you haven't managed to catch Unhinged and aren't going to the cinema this is what's available on digital we're going to kick off with our first review of the day which is Around the Sun it's available on Monday for your viewing pleasure Van what's it all about so this one's been out for a couple of days, and uh, where to begin with uh, with this little doozy? I'm sorry, we're going to undo our own point there, I think, when it comes to uh, the still worthwhile things to see, uh, see oh, at no. home. This, one is, this one's going to auspiciously underline that one for us. This is the feature directorial debut of uh, Oliver Krimpas. I think he's a Greek-British filmmaker. It is essentially a sort of mediated before sunrise-like rom-com, uh, rom I think it thinks it is. In that, it, gen- genuinely when he wants to be before sunrise what it is it centers around um a location scout for a film who turns up at this manor house to meet like the estate agent or the property manager and sort of tour the grounds and, and work out how to you know if they can make this movie here and it, the house the, the stately home turns out to be where this iconic uh, philosophy book was written way back in the, the 17th century and so the same scene gets played out multiple times between these two characters who are flirting and looking around this house in representation of different elements of this philosophical book. I've not got a clip for you. Um, I could barely find a trailer for it, if I was being honest. And having sat and you know, watched the entire thing, I could actually kind of see why. I was half an hour into this before I was bashing out the old, oh, come on, someone throw a pie already, kind of a... <laughs> Uh, mood, you know, it's there's yeah. there's like not a single scene transition in it. Just every scene is sort of like bridged over with a, an established sort of, uh, someone staring into the middle distance while uh, Stephen Gotines' uh, score, this this in, intolerably cloy score, just swells up. It's an agonising affair. By the time they drop like this sort of Pride and Prejudice sequence in about halfway through with this really awful sound design that drowns out all the dialogue over the sound of the cheap costume sort of crinkling below the lav mic. By the time you get to that, you're just, I'm out of this. I really am. I don't know what they can do to hook me back in. It just doesn't work. The characters have no chemistry. So the, 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 the performers have no chemistry. Uh, the characters themselves are devoid of a lot of likability or charisma. It's... Put it this way, if the story of this is meant to be that these two people get together, it's likely because they're the only two people on Earth who could stand one another. No one else would. You know what? I um, Do you remember when we reviewed The Assistant and I said, like, it's uh, there's nothing really <laughs> yes. happens? It sounds like in terms of the quality of filmmaking, The Assistant is much, much better. It feels more Soderbergh-esque um, in its style. But this just kind of feels like it's going to be the same sort of pulling teeth um, issue as well. Um, where you just were like, really get is. a move on. <laughs> 
yeah, you just, I mean, the whole before sunrise comparison uh, terrified me, actually, because my, my, my overriding concern through all of this was, oh, please, dear Lord, tell me I don't have to sit through two more of these like I did with the, I mean, at least those had Ethan Hawke and, and, and Julie Delphi. They were charming. This, I, I couldn't live through three of these, definitely. I could barely make it through one. I'm not even giving this, I'm giving this a half thumb up at best. Wow. And that's only because it has a tidy runtime of 78 minutes. But even then, you can't give it a full thumb for that because those 78 minutes do still feel about eight days long. Wow. Well, talk about starting on a high. <laughs> Let's hope our next offering is a little bit more optimistic. So this is quite a big one, actually. This is a Seth Rogen movie. It's called An American Pickle. It's available from Friday. Van, you were excited about this one, I know. Well, the thing is, as well, this first of all, this is going to cinemas in this country. It's going to be available on digital in other countries via HBO Max. We don't get that here. So we're getting it actually in cinemas. And it's a very strange piece because on the one hand it does feel like it has been made for streaming it's the kind of concept you know they wouldn't let Seth Rogen do and put in cinemas it's very uh, remember you ever see uh, uh, oh Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, that that kind of weird we're doing a comedy but we're doing it as an indie dramedy yeah. move and uh, this basically this follows Seth Rogen in two roles as first of all as Herschel Greenbaum from the uh, Eastern European country of Schlupps Schlupsk, I think it is, um, which is meant to be this sort of uh, Borat-like kind of a land where everything is shot in sepia and 4 by 3 ratio. And all he and his wife dream of doing is going to America where they can achieve their dream of one day being rich enough to own their own gravestone that kind of rich they go to america what i think is meant to be like the 19 the late 20s early 30s like kind of pre-depression uh, america to pursue the american dream he becomes a rat smasher in a brooklyn pickle factory only to then fall into a vat of pickle brine moments before the factory closes is condemned and he's then woken up from suspended animation a hundred years later, where he is taken in by his only surviving relative, Ben Greenbaum, who's also played by Seth Rogen, in full hipster mode. And it's all about how the sort of rivalry erupts between them and they have to navigate what for Herschel is this whole brand new world that he simply will not let get in the way of his meager, uh, intended, desired piece of the American dream. It's been 100 years. The pickle brine preserved him perfectly. It's too old to do that. The world has changed. Everyone I know is gone. You were able to track down a great grandson. Greenbaum. Greenbaum. <laughs> this is nuts. Walk past the cafe, but you don't eat when you've lived to. The opponents, where are they? They passed away. It was a car crash. He will tell me everything of their deaths, how their bodies died, their faces as the life left. We will bond over our pain. Mm-hmm. So forget cryogenic freezing. It's pickling is, is the future. <laughs> pickling, <yeah. laughs> I quite like this, but I don't think this is something that I would expect to watch in the cinema, as you say. I think this is something with you watch with your friends. Maybe you're doing a few little fun things whilst you're watching it. It sounds a bit obscure and a little bit out there and classic Seth Rogen, I suppose, in a way. Um, it, it, I had a great time with it. I say it's, it's a tiny sort of 100-minute long kind of a movie. It's... Uh, 
uh, it, it's got two really good performances. Rogan sort of parodies what is seen to be the perception of himself as the modern incarnation of Greenbaum, as Ben, the millennial app designer, who just play that sort of more woke angle that you've seen Seth Rogan do uh, in This Is The End, for instance, where he plays yeah. it himself. And you also get to see him taking a more of a broad Sasha Baron Cohen-like swing at something like Herschel. And there's a little bit of that in there. There's a little bit of Taika Waititi surrealism in the sort of tonal sensibilities of it as well. At the same time, it also wants to be, you know, a, a, a sort of more satirical kind of a comedy. It wants to poke fun at Brooklyn hipsters, for instance, and it wants to poke fun at people who drink too much kombucha and, and everything being ethically sustained, things like that. So it has some fun with how the, the idea that something that's so luxurious to someone from the 1920s is something so common and everyday to us. And there's this whole gag, for instance, how he, he desperately wants to try seltzer water, soda water, that's his lifelong dream. And of course, you know, Ben being a millennial just has a soda stream in the house. And it's that kind of insight that really makes the film. There's some really hefty and solid gags in it. Um, it's not a huge scale, like Saturday night, kind of the multiplex thing, like, like you say. Uh, but I think fans of Seth Rogen definitely in for a treat. I am one. I had a great time with it. But I think anyone looking for a sharp comedy, there's a lot of fun to be found. And there's two, two very loud thumbs up from me. Well, there you go, guys. That's American Pickle. That is available from Friday, but you can also catch probably not the highest recommendation around the world but it is called Around the Sun and that's already available on digital as well for you so there you go there's two top picks we're going to be coming back very shortly with some movies on TV for you so stay tuned Welcome back to Off Screen and ever keeping you on that ever so comfy sofa. It's time for some movies on Freeview, Miss Perfect. So, uh, movies to watch at home on channels we all have access to. Because, you know, I'll be honest, we, we'd have so many more sort of offbeat picks if we could include some of like the weird cable channels that some people have as like Freeview. Like, like sci fi. Is sci fi a Freeview channel or not? I can never get a definitive answer on that. Well, I think we've included it every now and again. If something amazing has popped up, we've dropped it in here because we know that loads of you are listening. Mm do enjoy it um so look yeah. sometimes we like to put in a little bit of a, a curveball there for you yeah. so don't worry but in general you're getting stuff that is available to everyone which is great curveballs is definitely the name of the game uh this week though so we've, we're taking some wild swings with this lineup so i'm going to start you saturday early evening so 10 past six on five star uh, a comedy from 2008 that uh, I, I saw on DVD, I think, when it first came out. Didn't particularly care for it. My, my dear friend Kelly would later tell me, you need to revisit this. It's an unappreciated modern classic. I did. I now agree with her. It is The House Bunny, starring Anna Faris as a uh, Playboy centerfold playmate who finds herself, through scheming and machination, kicked out of the Playboy mansion and forced to take up as effectively the sort of den mother of a sorority house filled with sort of nebbish, loserish, nerdish girls um, led by uh, Emma Stone and she must make them over and turn them into the bells of the ball uh, aka, you know, slash the, the queens of campus. I've got a clip for you of Anna Faris's, sorry, Shelley's version of what fundraising should be like for college-age girls. I just had the best idea for a philanthropy. Philanthropy. We are going to volunteer at Oliver's nursing home. Who, who is Oliver? He's this guy I just met. He's really sweet. He's kind of cute, too. Oh, well, I don't know if you guys can recognize this, but Shelly is meeting guys. And if she knows how to meet guys, then we will learn how to meet guys. The more girls will want to hang out with us. Hence, more pledges. 
Yeah, hence. Okay, here's what we need to do. We need to get all dressed up, and then we need to go to a club and drink fruity drinks and dirty dance with each other. Oh! Why? To bond, you old grumpy. Do you know what? I'm actually annoyed at myself that I ha- haven't actually watched this. This sounds great. Um, it's what? It's like an hour and 40 Really good film. Yeah, an hour and 40 minutes long. I love Emma Stone. I think Anna Faris is great in her comedic roles that she plays like this. So what's not to love? I mean, it's got a cast that includes Colin Hanks is the love interest in there. Emma Stone is a sort of, you know, head girl of, of the sorority house. And this is Emma Stone in like, you know, her, her nerd girl mode. Yeah. Where she's just got her hair tied back and slightly disheveled and she's got some glasses on, but we're expected not to think that that is Emma Stone, who's the gorgeous and wonderful Emma Stone. Uh, Kat Dennings is in there as well. Uh, Catherine McPhee, Rumor Willis. These are like members of the sorority, yes. You've got Beverly D'Angelo, who's the scheming, you know, uh, head sorority lady who wants to shut them down. And you've got Christopher McDonald, who's like the dean of the universe. It's got everything you would love from a 90s comedy in a comedy from 2008. And it still works, and it still holds up, and Anna Faris is great. Well, seeing how you you've just listed the girls in the sorority house, I can completely see why you rushed to watch this back in 2008. <laughs> in 2008, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think this sounds brilliant. I love this kind of movie, so and it's an easy watch. So do you know what? It's on at 6.10pm, so it's not going to be anything too risque when it's on at that time. It's on Five Star as well on Saturday, so that'll be a bit of fun to start your Saturday night off. Um, speaking of starting your Saturday night off, we're going to go <laughs> straight into Sunday after you've had your partying and you just want to chill out a bit you might want to watch Saving Mr Banks on BBC One at 10.30pm on Sunday now that is a uh, I think an unfortunate time to watch Saving Mr Banks I think it should be earlier yeah Um, but I I put put Mr Banks on at like 7pm I love that yeah Yeah, I mean, it's got brilliant Tom Hanks is in this as as Walt Disney himself. And then we've also got um, Emma Thompson in this as well. And plus Colin Farrell, Jason Schwartz is in this as well. And do you know what? It's it's um, a really, really delightful movie. It is. This is the story of P.L. Travers basically arguing with the creative process at Disney as they were trying to make a live action animation hybrid movie of Mary Poppins, as we you know now know it starring Julie Andrews. And uh, do you know what? Who, who can say it better? Who can set the tone better for us than P.L. Travers herself? This is the rest of your team. This is Dick and Bob Sherman, music and lyrics voice, the one and only Mrs. P.L. Travers, the creator of our beloved Mary. Poppins. Who else? Mary Poppins. Never, ever just met. Pleasure to meet you. Oh, yeah, we shan't be acquainted for very long. Why is that? Because these books simply do not lend themselves to chirping and prancing. No, certainly not a musical. Now, where is Mr. Disney? I should so much like to get this started and finished as briskly as is humanly possible. Perhaps someone could point me in his direction. I'd be so grateful. Thank you. Do you know what? If you're a fan of kind of learning more about the process of what went into, you know, making Mary Poppins what it was, if on Disney Plus as well, just as a side note, there is um, a, a show called Prop Culture, which is all about all the big props and stuff that were used behind the scenes of all the great Disney movies. And they do go to Walt Disney in one of the episodes. It's not related to Mary Poppins, but it, it, they do go to his his office. And there's only like there's a big uh, a big piano there, a big grand piano. And 
there's only two people that the outside of the Disney company that are allowed to play that piano and it's, it's one of them who came up with like the music oh. for a, a spoonful of sugar or something like that so it's that's lovely to nice. see and I think that links quite nicely to this because you might see him show up on this movie <laughs> Is it, did his office look the same by that yeah. point as it did in this movie because I love his office sort of Mad Men style office that he has yes but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah I mean also there is a one I mean as well as the relationship between P.L. Travers and, and Walt Disney is also the story of the, her relationship with her own father who as you pointed out is uh, Colin Farrell who we see in, in Flashback wonderful performance there from him as well but definitely check out Saving Mr. Banks uh, at 10.30 on Sunday night on BBC One um, over on Monday night film for 11.25pm again a bit of a late one but if you can get it recorded or you can seek it all elsewhere this is a great one to catch generally um, Denzel Washington Oscar nominated performance in Roman J. Israel Esquire we were, we were talking about this earlier yeah because this is this is a really interesting story about a, a quite a quirky unconventional lawyer uh, called Roman mm. who basically uh, he has to take over because his his firm's owner suffers from a heart attack and um, so it kind of all falls on him but he's like not the most he's a bit socially awkward a little bit different it is, and it's, it's integrated isn't it? you've been you've been the small fish for so long when you're put into a bigger pond you you sort of have to acclimatize differently everyone has accepted his quirks as it were well yeah and his quirks being he walks around with like those old school headphones that he loves to wear he's like in his own little world you kind of think that he's not really the the kind of person that this is this great mind and actually it turns it on its head completely civil or uncivil disobedience the first amendment to protect your right to freedom of speech as long as you don't incite violence or or law breaking and there are going to be people that get caught up in the march they're going to vandalize they're going to i'm sorry excuse me i see two sisters standing why are the sisters standing and the brothers sitting we want to sit we can ask well you ladies got to speak up for yourselves say 40 years ago there's no statute of limitations on uh, chivalry Mm. that's gendered and sexist and polite and patronizing and polite I really loved him in, in this uh, in this film. His performance is terrific. It's not so much just um, about adapting uh, the, the sort of the behavioural tones, the sort of dialogue-driven behavioural tones of the character. He also just brings this physicality to it, the way that Roman sort of moves, this sort of lumbering way that he, he moves around. It, it's great, and it's a, it's a film that goes in directions I honestly just did not see it going. I was like, okay, this is far more out there than I expected but a yeah. really good uh, sort of character driven legal drama and I think Denzel's terrific in it when is he not terrific exactly okay. uh, but we, you can see that yeah we, do we need to say any more you know when it's a movie with Denzel it's going to be quality in t- terms of the character that he portrays even if the film doesn't hold up you know you're going to watch a great performance so yeah as you were saying that is that is your Monday night it's a late one isn't it it's on film 4 11.25pm as Van alluded to press that record button and enjoy it in your own sweet time so there we go that is movies on tv that's the first part of it we're going to catch up with you in just a moment with all the next half of the week for you and we've got some good ones Welcome back to Off Screen and your roundup of films to catch on Freeview for this week. So, on to Tuesday then, Miss Perfect, and Dodgeball. I mean, we love this movie. This is the one we have to talk about every chance we get. It's on E4, it's on at 9pm. Perfect time for it, I would say as well. Watch Dodgeball, a tight 90-minute kind of a comedy, two hours with uh, with change if you've got adverts, and then uh, get to bed early afterwards. I think that's a good uh, good Tuesday evening. What do you think? I think that's a perfect Tuesday evening. I mean, if, if you haven't seen Dodgeball, 
Fishball, who are you? Um, first and foremost. And if you haven't seen it in a while, welcome to your Tuesday night. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? This, cause Dodgeball's one of those films that it's brilliant the first time you see it, but even if you have seen it and you just leave it like a year or a year, two years like that, and then you see it again, you've forgotten enough that it's still blindingly funny and there's so much to love, like Jason Bateman being uh, Cotton, uh, the, yep. the commentator for ESPN, the Ocho. We've got the we've Chuck Norris now. We've got Steve the Pirate. Of course, the whole film revolves around the average Joe's gym uh, joining the International Dodgeball League in order to stave off acquisition from as Globo Gym, as run by uh, uh, Ben Stiller's <laughs> yeah. evil fig- fitness figurehead. Um, and I tell you what, I mean, I've, I've, I wanted to find a perfect clip to, to sum up why dodgeball is so brilliant. And I just thought, well, what's aged better than this from Lance Armstrong? You know, once I was thinking about quitting when I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time. But with the love and support of my friends and family, I got back on the bike and I won the Tour de France five times in a row. But I'm sure you have a good reason to quit. So what are you dying from that's keeping you from the finals? Right now feels a little bit like shame. (laughs) Well, I guess if a person never quit when the going got tough, they wouldn't have anything to regret for the rest of their life. Good luck to you, Peter. I'm sure this decision won't haunt you forever. Oh my goodness. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> You'd forgotten about that, hadn't you? I'd forgotten about that. Um, Livestrong, <laughs> Livestrong, uh, Lance Armstrong. Wow, I'm not going to say much more than that has just dated it. <laughs> It really has. That was a long, long time. Was it 2003, 2004? Dodgeball, I think it's 2003. 2004 A lot has happened in 17 years, put it that way. Wowzers. Um, Yeah, God, I just, you know what? That yellow wristband just popped straight into my head when I when It does, doesn't it? It's amazing how his voice just brings it flooding back to your wrist, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, sticking with with some sports then. Yeah. Let's uh, let's, uh, cover uh, 4-7 at 10pm on Wednesday with another sporting film. They're not all sporting films this week but this one is uh, Battle of the Sexes again with Emma Stone but this time with Steve Carell and this is based on this was a real match in the 70s wasn't it? Yes it was and do you know what I think this is like a really exciting tennis film I remember watching this at the cinema it's about two hours long it covers um, the, uh, the the tennis match between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs and there is just it, it's the dynamic between the two which obviously played by Emma Stone and also uh, Steve Carell and it is it is seen as it took place in 1973 it was seen as one of the greatest tennis matches um because it, it, there's just so much like but it is it is a battle of the sexes like how else can you describe it it's about a guy and a girl who basically are trying to outdo each other it's obnoxious it's kind of in your face and it works on every single level i love this movie Now, don't get me wrong, I love women in the bedroom and in the kitchen, but these days they want to be everywhere, they want to be doing everything. Where is it going to end? Pretty soon us fellas aren't going to be able to go to a ball game, we're not going to be able to go fishing, we're not going to be able to stop and have a drink after work, and that's what this whole women's lit thing is about, and it's got to stop, and Bobby Riggs is the man to stop it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Custer's last stand. This is the lobber versus the lever. Keep talking, Bobby. More nonsense you spell, the worse it's going to be when you lose. Well, I'm the ladies' number one. I'm the champ. Why would I lose? Because dinosaurs can't play tennis. 
I'm going to put the show back in chauvinism. I mean, doesn't that su- that that just rounds it up there? I'm putting the show back in chauvinism. Uh, that is exactly, exactly what it's about. Yeah. You hate Steve Carell in this. You really do. And um, this is all like this match essentially. And, and the New York Times describes it so well. It was a tennis match that became a referendum on equality, and that's exactly what this mm-hmm. film is. So it's got you know it happened in real life. It's a real story. These are real people. This actually happened. You'll want to see it play out. Great performances. Um, you know fantastic choice of of uh, cast with Emma Stone Steve Carell but also Andrea Riseborough is in this as well Sel- Sarah Silverman mm-hmm. great cast worth your time to watch if you didn't catch it in the cinema when it originally came out do you know as well I mean th- it makes me think back on one of the last films we got to see in cinemas before lockdown which was Misbehaviour which was also a 70s set thing yeah about uh, female representation I want to see that again anyway um, completely different uh, you know, completely different tone uh, for our next one then let's talk about <laughs> could it be uh, more Thursday different? night let's uh, <laughs> I don't know about you but I like, a, I like a comedy on a Thursday night Film 4's got one at 9pm it may not be everyone's cup of tea but you know what I occasionally I don't know about you I occasionally enjoy a bit of Jack I, I can't help myself. I know it's a base instinct. It's something I, I should be above, but I can't help myself. It's like watching Top Gear, the old school Top Gear, the second generation. I, I remember but watching. It's... I remember watching uh, Jackass a lot during school. Uh, me and my guy mates and stuff like that would just sit and we'd have a really fun time <laughs> watching it. Funny enough, none of my girlfriends really enjoyed watching it. So um, maybe I was well, just yeah. that, that kind of hybrid in terms of what I really enjoyed. So we've got Action Point, which is on film four at nine pm. Uh, this is. Which this is not what I haven't seen yet, but you know all about it. This is like a hybrid thing. Like you say, I mean, obviously Jackass, because of its stupidity, largely skewed male. Uh, what they've done now is they've added plot to that stupidity. So what? we had Bad Grandpa, <laughs> and now we've had Action Point. So the idea is you get something like Borat, where there is actually a narrative being played out. There is a story being told, but the stunts and everything are completely improvised. So it's exactly like that. And so what you've got is an amusement park in the 70s. This is based on a true story as well. Uh, I think it's Action... I think it was Action Park originally, the actual place, and they've changed to Action Point for the film. I think it was in New Jersey, and the owner just disregarded every safety regulation he possibly could because he knew it would make him popular. And it became about flying in the face of local congressmen and and, and district councilmen who were trying to shut them down in order to make the almighty buck and save the park. A very exciting day here today. And I would like to applaud Trustwood Developments for all their efforts efforts on helping us revitalize downtown Calico Ridge. Yeah, but what are you going to do about Action Point? Yeah. Excuse me? Action Point, that place is out of control. That guy's right. They just put in a zip line there and all the girls are flashing their... No, no, I I didn't know that. And beer is so cheap, they're practically giving it away. Action Point is the craziest place with the most dangerous rides in the world. Who do we want to close? Action Point! And when do we want to close it? It's not exactly what you'd call highbrow, but you know what? It's perfectly fine if you want a really throwaway 90-minute comedy with some jackass stunts. And, you know, it's, it's got it's, it's got the usual, you know, the usual recruits, you know. Uh, Knoxville's there. Chris Pontius is there. You know, there's a couple of other guys come in. Um, I liked it. I, I had, you know, a couple of chuckles with it. It's, a, it's an academically terrible movie, but you'll enjoy it. So, you know, what's not so long? I mean, it's nostalgic in its own right, isn't it? Because 20 mm. years ago, this was, like, the top things. Like, everyone loved 
Jackass and this was when you watched it. So if you need that little bit of a throwback, then then this is definitely the movie for you. Now, rounding off our week um, after that plays on uh, Film 4 at 9pm is your Friday movie, which is Money Monster. It's on Sony, Sony Movies. Sony Movies? Sony mo- Movies Sony. at 11.05pm. <laughs> Another late one. But you know what? worth staying up for because this is the George Clooney led movie about um, essentially a a guy who talks on TV about giving out investments um, he's quite well known you can kind of imagine like a CNN pundits type, type of thing mm, um, yeah. there happens to be a shootout that takes place because um, a guy who's followed him to the nth degree has lost a load of money after investing in a company that is backed by this guy on telly and so takes him hostage it's a well done movie it stars Jack O'Connell as well it's worth your time for sure shut up about the glitch all right what the hell does that even mean you see you don't even know i'm not stupidly i told you because somehow these clowns lost 800 million dollars overnight overnight and nobody's even actually explained how how is something like that even possible huh it's not a rhetorical question i want to answer what do you want from me man i don't run ibis i'm just a guy on tv shut up lee shut up i i'm not really a fan of jack o'connell generally but uh, i do really like him in this film i think he's uh, he's very good uh, incidentally do you remember who directed this before we before we end this do you remember who directed this by any chance yes i do it's also the woman that's in in the booth and watching it it's jodie foster um well, no, in the booth is uh, uh, uh julia roberts oh sorry julia that's roberts the thing, isn't it? Another she's day, playing isn't it? very much yeah, she's playing very much what would have been the Jodie Foster role if you'd done this 15, 20 years ago. Yes, you're right. You're 100% right. So, yes, sorry, my mistake. So, Julia Roberts, another J, another big powerhouse actress is in there. So, yeah, Julia Roberts is in the booth. So, she's like the director or producer in his ear um, mm. and basically trying to navigate the scenario as it plays out because it's like a one-on-one between Jack O'Connell and, and George Clooney and all everyone else can do, including ourselves as the audience, is watch and I think that's a really clever take that Jodie Foster's actually taken from a directorial point of view. Because it's near, it feels like it's near real time as well. Like it yeah. feels like this unfolds over like ninety to hundred minutes. It's a very tense thriller. It really does work. I think uh, it's one of those things that would get obscured in memory by something like Inside Man, which, funnily enough, also starred Jodie Foster. But uh, but other than that, I can't recommend it highly enough. I think it's a really fun, flighty thriller for a Friday night. It's it maybe, maybe on a bit smidge too late at eleven oh five, but. Uh, good one to end the week with I think yeah absolutely and if you haven't seen it before take a look at the poster for this movie as well I, I think it's brilliantly constructed um, it's basically the the multicoloured like rainbow sort of um, thing when a, when a TV show goes off air all of a sudden it's yes. that which is the title block and then you've got George Clooney behind it I think it's really striking um, anyway yeah I, I completely agree with Van a great way to round off your weekend so we've got for you seeing in the next uh, few days of your week you've got dodgeball you've got battle of the sexes you've got action point and you round off your week with money monster so those are your movies on tv on freeview coming up next we've got your home entertainment and video on demand with your dvd and blu-ray and streaming
Welcome back to Offscreen. This is your final segment of this week's podcast and it's all about your DVDs, your Blu-rays and your super streams as well. So we've got an amazing plethora of incredible movies from yesteryear that you are going to absolutely love on this selection. And I cannot wait to kick off with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 4K. Yes, it is seeing the wild stallions in that beautiful 4K pixelation because it is going to be amazing to watch this. Uh, I love this. This is them, the two kind of, I suppose, not, I wouldn't say high school dropouts because they're not, but they're certainly not the brightest tools in the box. And they are tasked with coming up with something super special for their history presentation in order to pass their year at school. So what do they do? Because the fate of the future is in their hands, they get joined by someone from the future called uh, called Sam, is it? Rufus. Rufus. No, Rufus. Rufus. I'm thinking of Quantum Leap. Whoa. Um, I think you got that <laughs> And they go back in time and basically pick up amazing people from history to join their presentation. So you've got like Billy the Kid, Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, all that stuff. And it is one hell of a wild ride. It really is. And, you know, obviously they've, they've put this into 4K because Bill and Ted face the music is mere weeks away at this point. Yeah. Um, and annoyingly, they've done the same thing here that they did with, uh, with, with when they reissued them for DVD way back when, which is let's put all the effort into doing Excellent Adventure first and just forget about Bogus Journey. Um, always annoys me when they do that because I, I personally think Bogus Journey is very underrated. But Excellent Adventure lives up to its title. It is a, a, a genuinely excellent adventure. Um, I would be excited to see it in 4K, to be honest, as indeed I would our, uh, our other 4K offering for the week, which I know you're very excited about. It is, of course... The classic, the one that is Flash. Savior of the universe. <laughs> this is a movie, right, that I watched with my dad as I was growing up, right? And this is pure nostalgia. It's we were talking just off air about how it had a resurgence when it was when it was um, brought back on in Ted uh, in the film yes. in the film Ted, you know. And that's because it strikes a chord with so many of us that remember this movie. It's brilliant. My God. What is this? A civic reception? More like a police state. If it is, that could be our good luck. Why? It means we'll find allies on every side. Look at them. The poor wretches are just waiting for someone to lead them in revolt. Are you looking at me, Zarkov? Yes. Please, stop talking about revolts. I just want to get back home alive. So Sam Jones there and the cast of Flash Gordon, which is, say, a classic. Obviously, it's the story of, uh, you know, Flash Gordon, NFL, but potential NFL star who uh, gets, I think it's on his way to start for the New York Jets or something, gets abducted by uh, uh, Zardoz's experiment, gets taken to the planet Mongo and must become the unlikely Luke Skywalker-like freedom fighter who will free the galaxy. It's bonkers. I love it. But uh, so you can you can relive all that fun for yourself, including a very young, very uh, swashbuckler Timothy Dalton in the yes. love rival as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and don't you remember, like, whatever that tree is that you have to stick your hand into, like, gave me nightmares. Was... Well, the, the scorpions, the scorpions inside yeah, the tree, wasn't it? Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. Look, brilliant. you got Brian Blessed in there. you got Max Von Sido as well as Emperor Ming in this. I mean, it is, it is bonkers. Ming. It's the great, like, 70s bonkersness that every kid should have grown up watching. It's, it's weirdly wholesome in its own right. But yeah, that is available on DVD and Blu-ray, not to be missed. I mean, that is nostalgia in a nutshell from both of those two uh, offerings there. Let's move across to streaming, though, because we've also got another... I suppose it can fall into the nostalgic category because it was a good 15, if not more, years ago when The Wedding Singer first came out. 
98, I will say. It was like wow, 20 Easter years ago. 98, I think. God. I remember... 20, 20, almost 22 years. That's incredible. I remember watching this en route on a, on a, on a boat to the north of Spain. And it was like a 24-hour boat ride. And so they had a cinema on there. And me and my friends just watched it and loved it. There's, you know, Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, uh, Drew Barrymore. It, it's brilliant. It's available on Amazon Prime from Sunday. Um, well worth a watch because it, it is it, it's Adam Sandler in a comedy, but he's not going bonkers comedy. It's kind of, he brings it back a little bit. I think this is the first time I can remember watching one of these films and actually seeing Adam Sandler working as a viable romantic lead. Yeah. Like, I think he actually works here. And a large part of that is they found a way to just sand down the edges of his personality just enough to make him still quite likable on a sort of fundamental human level. I think he's great fun in this. It also, you know, just hashtag, you know, justice for Glenn Gulia. Just uh, throwing that out there as well. <laughs> Unsung here, unsung here are the wedding singer. As far as I'm concerned, the main characters of the wedding singer are actually Glenn Gulia and uh, Julia's hot cousin. So, the, the, <laughs> but you know, the rest of the film is just this distraction that gets in the way of the true tale that needs to be told at the core of the wedding, wedding singer. Holly, Holly, that's it, the hot cousin. But uh, um, of course, the wedding singer, all well and good, but it can't compare to the ultimate concept for a movie. I'm sure you remember in the run-up to the release of our next streaming offering how excited I was. Um, by the prospect of Jason Statham fighting a giant shark. The movie is, of course, The Meg. It arrives on Amazon Prime uh, from next Friday the 14th. You're waiting to see it coming uh, this Sunday the 9th. Uh, the Meg is on next Friday from the 14th. And it is literally Jason Statham fights a giant prehistoric megalodon, the Mega Shark. That's the movie. There's nothing more to it. Don't look for nuance. Don't look for depth. Jason Statham's fighting a shark. Wow. She's coming. Oh boy. It was the largest shark that ever existed. Thought to have been extinct for two million years. There are things out there. We need to find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? I've never seen this film because. Wow. Well, no. No, wow. You, because you said it's just Jason Statham fighting a giant shark. I mean, there's, there wasn't really much that I wanted to watch about that. <laughs> what, what, what about that? Wouldn't you want to watch? I mean, then I don't dance around it either. At one point in this movie, dude literally takes a knife between his teeth and jumps into the water to fight a giant shark. Does in no other movie would you see that. And do you know what? Hats off to him. Does he Sorry? punch him between the eyes? Does he punch him? That's how, that's how you defeat a shark. You punch it between the eyes. It's Am like I... 90 feet across. Of course he can't punch him in the square between the eyes. <laughs> and I rest my face. I, I, have... Boat between his eyes. <laughs> I have no interest in seeing this movie, but I know so many people loved it because it's so ridiculous. I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to rest, Bex, until you've seen the Meg and apologise and declare your love for it because I know you will. <laughs> oh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> let's move on to another declaration of love then. Okay, fine. So this is more up my street. Um, when Harry Met Sally? No, you're not thinking about that one. We're watching another one with Meg Ryan in it though. It's You've Got Mail and it is uh, on Amazon Prime from Friday the 14th 
of um, August. Uh, this is, again, Sleepless in Seattle times two, is it not? So this was the third film to feature the, by then, quite beloved pairing of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They were literally America's sweethearts at that point. Yeah. In fact, the actual comedy, American Sweethearts, is loosely based on the concept of them as stars. Um, they, I think they first started together in Joe and, Joe and the Volcano, I think, in 1989. You had Sleepless in Seattle was 93. And You've Got Mail is 1998. And this is, of course, a remake of the old movie, The Shop Around the, the, Little Shop Around the Corner, yeah, yeah, in yeah. which the owners of rival stores fall in love, but are, of course, corresponding. And, of course, this being made in 1998. How else could you possibly jazz that up, Miss Perfect? I know. This is, like, to me, this is kind of when we were growing up and you kind of watch stuff like this and you're kind of like, I want to fall in love with someone like that. It's that kind of, like, feel to it. Obviously, real life is just as beautiful um, as it is on a screen. But yeah, they are a perfect pairing. I, I always want to fall in love with someone via AOL mail. That's that's still one of my dreams. I know, if only it still really existed. Um, uh, so Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, great pairing, perfect for the 90s. This rom-com romance is two hours long, but it will it's gentle, it's sweet, it's, you know, it's something that you kind of, it doesn't quite hit the heights of Sleepless in Seattle in my mind. It's kind of just slightly below but still very watchable nonetheless um yeah uh, what more is there to say it's it's like a mega shark and jason statham it's just a perfect pairing am i right <laughs> i'm glad you're coming to see it my way but either way on that friday the 14th if you're on amazon prime you've got a decent choice there you've got a decent choice between jason statham and the giant shark and tom hanks and meg ryan so i'd argue that that one really is a judgment call but uh, <laughs> you can look forward to that next friday anyway from prime in the meanwhile don't forget knives out is on prime now oh, and yes uh, what a movie right yeah and if you're an Amazon Prime member there's like it's free like to watch it and it's yeah, that, exactly. yeah if you love Poirot you love Miss Marple you love Cluedo this is the movie for you it's the ultimate whodunit um, and of course we just love Daniel Craig with his sudden drawl um, it's just a brilliant film so Amazon I Prime I suspect no foul play <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Amazon Prime is smashing it at the moment, so it's got some great options for you They're there. It on. They're getting a hell of a library going on They there. really are. Netflix, watch your back. Yeah. Um, right, guys, that's it. We've given you some corkers this week. There's so much that you guys can watch, whether or not you're after a bit of nostalgia, you're after something very new, very different, very Seth Rogen, or if you're after something that maybe will just get you thinking like Roman J. Israel Esquire. There's really good choices out there for everyone. So we'll be back next week with more movies movies for you to across all of the boards from digital to freeview to streaming as well so stick with us this has been off screen i've been bex perfect i've been van connor and we shall return <laughs> <laughs>